We three kings of Orient are Bearing gifts we travel afar Field and fountain, moor and mountain Following yonder star Born a king on Bethlehem's plain Gold I bring to crown him again King forever ceasing, never over us all to reign. O star of wonder, star of light, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect love break incense to offer have I incense stones a deity night prayer and praising voices raising worshiping God on high her is mine it's Welcome to worship on this beautiful Sunday morning. It is wonderful to see all of you here this morning, and it's wonderful to see you kiddos as well. And the peace of Christ be with you all. And let us join, actually before we join in a moment of prayer, let us greet one another. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi. And let us gather in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we thank you and we praise you for allowing us to worship you this morning. And Lord, on this Sunday as we celebrate Epiphany, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit and your wisdom upon us this morning. Bless us with your wisdom. Bless us with your power. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. All right. So, kiddos, are you guys ready for a children's moment? 
Yeah? So I, I said something. I don't know if you heard. Does anybody know what today is or what today, what we're celebrating today? It actually happened a, a couple days ago. Do you have any idea what we're celebrating? Oh, New Year. That's a very good guess. It is the New Year. Any idea what else we're celebrating? Oh, almost that's coming in a couple months. Any idea, Taylor, you want to say it out loud? Epiphany, exactly. We are celebrating Epiphany. Now, if you look on that screen right behind you, what do you see on that screen up above the city of Bethlehem there? What do you see? A star. Do you know who followed the star to find Jesus? Any guesses? Three wise men, exactly. So I'm going to pull my friends over here that I borrowed from the nativity scene up there. I'm going to pull over my friends, and we're going to talk about my friends right here for just a moment. So we have these friends here, and I've got these three guys, and we don't know if there were actually three of them, but we have three because how many gifts do you think they brought to Jesus? Three, exactly. They brought three gifts to Jesus, and so we have three wise men. Does anybody know what gifts they brought to Jesus? Any guesses? Yeah? Gold, exactly. This one, the first gift, is a gift of gold. And here with this gold, we realize that wise men brought a newborn baby Jesus gold. Can you believe they brought him gold? What's up, bud? Do you know one of the other gifts? Yeah, okay, hold on. I'm going to ask you that in just a second. Does anybody know why they brought Jesus gold? Because, yeah? Yeah, so they brought him gold because of his birthday, and they brought him gold specifically. Look at this. That looks like a lot of gold in there. They brought him gold because you know what kind of people usually got gifts of gold? Kings. Yeah, kings usually got gifts of gold, and Jesus is the real, true king. And so they also brought two other gifts. Do you know one of the other gifts? What is it? You want to say it? No? Okay, any other idea what the other gifts are? Oh, almost. No, that's a really good guess. No, one is called frankincense. Doesn't that kind of sound like Frankenstein? Yeah, it does sound like Frankenstein, but it's not frankincense. No, frankincense was something that they would burn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they would use frankincense for mummies and stuff. So frankincense is something, it's an incense. It's something that they would burn for a god. And so they'd burn frankincense for a god. And they did this because Jesus is the son of God. Exactly. And then there's one other gift. This is a really hard one. Any? It does kind of look like a bird feeder. But any other ideas what the other gift is that, that they brought for Jesus? It starts with an M. Any guesses? Myrrh. It's called myrrh. Now, myrrh, here's a really weird gift. Myrrh is used when somebody dies. Why would they bring a gift for when somebody dies? Any guesses? Yeah? Well, because it, not just because some people died, but because one day Jesus was going to die, and when he died, then he would battle death, and he'd rise from the dead, and he'd open up the gates to heaven for all of us. And so they, these wise men were really wise. They brought three gifts, a gift of gold, because Jesus is the real king, a gift of frankincense, because Jesus is the son of God, and a gift of myrrh, showing that one day Jesus was going to die, but after he died, he was going to rise again. They were so wise that they knew all of that, and they brought these three wonderful gifts. So that's what 
Epiphany is all about. Epiphany is all about the wise men coming to bring Jesus' gifts. And when they brought Jesus those gifts, they also showed how much wisdom they had and that they knew so much about what was going to happen with Jesus. That he was not only a little baby, but he's also the son of God. And one day he would die, but when he died, he would change the world. And so now we're going to stand up and we're going to say a prayer and then you can go off to Sunday school. All right. And let us pray. Holy and loving God, we thank you and we praise you for gathering us here to worship you. And Lord, we ask that you bless us all, especially these wonderful children that we have gathered here today. Bless them all. And we pray this all through Christ Jesus. And together we say, amen. And you can go off to Sunday school. children with my blessing never alone waking sleeping i am with you you are my own in my love's baptismal river i made you mine forever go my children with my blessing you Amen. And now if anybody has any announcements, you can come forward at this time. I do just have two announcements for you. One is that our Zionite, if you did not get a copy in your email and you'd like a hard copy, they're in the back of the sanctuary. Feel free to pick one up. And then my other announcement is that we have our Dunkirk calendar still there remaining. They are $12 each, and it's a fundraiser for Dunkirk. If you would like to purchase a calendar for $12 for Dunkirk, even if you want to take that calendar and then donate it to the veterans, I mean, I know some people have done that, the ones going to the Veterans Hospital, you're welcome to do that, or just keep it because it's a wonderful Dunkirk calendar. Uh, just put $12, you know, behind the sign in the back there, and just take a calendar with you when you leave. And somehow we have no other announcements. I think that might be miraculous. I'm just going to do one other announcement just to embarrass her just a little bit, and Brianna did graduate early from Syracuse a semester early. And not to embarrass her even more, but she graduated summa cum laude because she's so brilliant. So we're very proud of you, Brianna. And now let us join our hearts and minds together. Actually, we are not going to do that because we have not transitioned enough from Advent. So we are not going to light our peace candle because we don't have one out. I'm just noticing as we went from Advent wreath to peace candle. So we instead are just going to sing. Please join me in the opening litany. 
O come, let us worship the Lord and consider what wondrous things God has done. O come, let us worship the Lord and consider what wondrous things God has done. O come, let us worship the Lord and consider what wondrous things God has done. O come, let us worship the Lord. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping, whom angels greet with anthems sweet, while shepherds watch our keeping? This, this is Christ the King. Shepherds, God and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him, Lord, the babe, the son of Mary. Why lies he in such meanest
Our reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the second chapter. We will read the first five verses, and then we will read verses 11 through 16. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. All right, I think everybody like me is super sleepy. Is anybody else here sleepy? I I think maybe. And so uh, it sounded like a pretty sleepy amen. And it is the Sunday we're celebrating Epiphany, so we're going to try this one more time. If you're ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. Ah, there we are. Starting with verse 1. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. And when King Herod heard this, he was frightened. And all of Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, so, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of the Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. And jump down to verse 11. And on entering the house, they saw the Magi, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and they paid him homage. And then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for this child to destroy him. And then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. And when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated. And he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Come now as the angels sing all 
saving King. Oh, rejoice, rejoice, heaven sings to die. Oh, rejoice, the Lord is come. Still, still is the shepherds sing join join as the drummer plays fall fall on your knees O man join joy to the world this day join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we thank you and we praise you for allowing us to worship you this morning. And Lord, we turn our hearts and our minds towards you. And Lord, we ask that you bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds, not only when we're here in the sanctuary, Lord, but also when we are out there in this world. Bless us so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. All right, so let's uh, take a look at our manger scene that we have right now, because the season of Epiphany is, is about to begin. But Epiphany, the day of Epiphany, is the day that really wraps up the Christmas season. And Epiphany was just a couple days ago. I'm going to move this out of our way just a little bit so that you can see. Look at our manger scene. What do we have here? This is kind of like an adult children's moment. We have Mary, and of course we have Joseph, and then we have baby Jesus. If you had looked in this manger scene before Christmas, you would have noticed that there was not a baby Jesus. Baby Jesus didn't appear until Christmas Day or until maybe Christmas Eve. We had, well, this year it was until after Christmas because let's face it, none of us were in the church on Christmas because of the blizzard. We also have our animals. I like this, uh, a nice big cow back there, some some sheep here, a donkey, of course, and, and over here we have a camel. We've got our animals, and then we have this shepherd. We have a shepherd, and I always picture that the shepherd would have had with him a shepherd boy, a son as 
well. We have the shepherd who came in from the field when he and other shepherds as well saw the angels in the heavens rejoicing. And so they came to see what exactly the angels were rejoicing about. And then they came and saw the newborn baby Jesus wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And then over here are important figures of the day accompanied by camels, which by the way, there are a lot of camels in Israel, as I saw for myself just a couple months ago. But we have these wise people here. We actually have four of them, which is okay, because it's often believed that there were three wise men, but it never says anywhere that there were three wise men. Why do we often assume that there were three wise men? Because there were three gifts. And so we often assume that there were three wise men, but there could have been more, there could have been less. All that we know are that there were these wise men, these magi, who traveled from afar. They came from the area of Persia. They traveled from afar in order to bring gifts fit for a king to the newborn Jesus. But let's imagine what this scene would have really looked like, what the epiphany scene would have really looked like 2,000 years ago. Let's kind of put our minds back. Are you like me? Do you like to imagine what things look like? Because that's how my brain works. I need to picture everything. So let's imagine what, the, what this looked like. We know that when the shepherds arrived, that Mary and Joseph and Jesus were still in the stable. We still know that they were still there surrounded with hay and, and animals. We know that they were still in that scene. But by the time that the Magi arrived, do you think, I'm going to ask you this question, do you think that Jesus and Mary and Joseph were still in the stable? What do you think? No, I'm seeing some no's. Here's actually the thing. So the answer is actually no. So while, yes, we have the, in our nativity scene, we have the wise men to finish up this scene. The reality is if you look at what we read at the beginning, like I think it's the first verse of Matthew chapter two, it says, after Jesus was born, after Jesus was born, then the Magi set out so that they could go find this newborn king. And then they went to Herod. So we know that they had to travel so far. They had to travel at least 100 miles, probably more, to get to Bethlehem. We know that they had to travel a long distance. They also had to stop and and talk to Herod. and, And Herod was probably not an easy person to talk to. And then they had to travel even more. So by the time that the Magi arrived, Jesus actually would probably have not still been in a feeding trough. He would have then, I I can just assume and just hope that Joseph probably secured them more safe arrangements while they were staying in Bethlehem. So they were still in Bethlehem, but they were no longer in the place where the animals lay, or it's, we can assume that they were no longer in the place where the animals lay. But what gifts? You guys know this. I just went over this with the kids. What gifts did they bring? They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I just went over with the kids the reason for those gifts. And so, so you guys know, I mean, the gold, that was a gift fit for royalty. Only kings received gold. I mean, think about how expensive gold is today. Go back 2,000 years ago. Gold was not something that everybody just had. Gold was a gift that was given to royalty and frankincense. Frankincense was, was an incense that was burned for gods. And myrrh was something that was used uh, for burial. And in this way, it 
was foreshadowing the suffering and the death that Jesus was going to go through. And so now I'm going to ask you guys another question, and, and maybe somebody wants to answer. Otherwise, you can just sit there smiling at me. It's okay. Uh, so I'm going to ask another question. Why or how did the Magi know that they were to bring these gifts, these gifts that talk about the, di- the divinity of Jesus, the royalty of Jesus, and that he's the rightful king, and the foreshadowing the death and the suffering Jesus was going to go through. How in the world did the Magi know to bring these gifts? The angels. They somehow were studying the stars. And somehow, now if we're going to look through, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time looking through Matthew chapter 2 this week. If we're going to look through it, we're going to find out that a lot of times what would happen, how did Joseph know that he needed to do something? What did he do? He had a dream, and in his dream, he heard from the angels, and then he knew, okay, I need to wake up from bed and, and grab my family and flee to Egypt. He knew what to do because the angels appeared to him in a dream. And so I think we can assume that it's probably safe to say that the angels also appeared to these wise men, to these magi in their dreams, and then these wise men were wise enough that they knew to follow these dreams. They knew that these weren't just dreams. They knew that there were so much more. And so the wise men followed the instructions of the angels. So Epiphany wraps up really just a couple days ago. It wraps up the season of Christmas. We do have the season of Epiphany, but, but the day of Epiphany really wraps up our celebration of Christmas. And with it, we remember the Magi bringing Jesus' gift. But, it, but the reali- reality is, is that there's actually more to the story. Now, a lot of people in church on Sunday, they probably only read the first part of the story. A lot of people probably only read that first part about the the wise men coming and and bringing gifts, but is that the entire story? No, it's not the entire story because there's more that happens after the wise men come and show up and bring Jesus' gifts. There's the heartbreaking part of the story. Will you hit the next slide here? This right here, and maybe you, you saw this picture a while ago, but this picture right here is a cave underneath the church in Bethlehem. So there's the church in Bethlehem and everything in Israel, by the way. There's all these things and it's like, oh, this is where this happened. This is where this happened. It's not necessarily the exact place. But this cave right here, I'm going to tell you, it gave me a feeling that I can't even explain. And the really interesting thing, I'm going to kind of pause right here for a second, because you can see it on the TV screens. Do you see that blue light that's right in the center of the picture? I have no idea how or why that's shining, but the reason that this cave is so special or so holy, or I don't even know the right word to use, this is the cave that's believed to be where the children were buried. The children that Herod had killed. This is why we need to know the entire story. We just can't be like, oh yeah, wise men came to give Jesus gifts. It was awesome. It wasn't just awesome. There's the, the, two, signs of the uh, two sides of the coins because after the wise men came and brought Jesus gifts, thankfully Joseph listened to the angels in his dream and, and picked up Jesus and grabbed his wife Mary and, and got on that donkey and went straight to Egypt. Thankfully Joseph heeded the advice of that dream and got his family to safety as quickly as he could, which by the way proves that Joseph, we don't always focus on Joseph, but Joseph was a good and wise man as well. 
Israel who did what he needed to do to keep his family safe, which is such a remarkable thing. But for everybody else, it was not so safe. This is the, one of the most heartbreaking stories that we are going to read in our entire Bible. It's one of the most heartbreaking stories, and so often we ignore it because we just focus on the wise men. We just focus on the gifts. We just focus on the good news without realizing that there's also heartbreak that happened. Heartbreak that happened, which is the fact that Herod was overwhelmed with anger, overwhelmed with jealousy. And can we understand how, how and why Herod was overwhelmed with anger and jealousy? He was overwhelmed with anger and jealousy because God had the audacity to choose a new king. Because God, God had the audacity to choose someone who cared more about the people than he did. Because God chose a new king. That's the reason why Herod got angry. Herod got so angry because he wanted his fun little puppet throne where he got to do whatever he wanted up there and, and be the Roman client king. He wanted that puppet throne. And so Herod, he got so angry that God chose somebody else to be king. Now, I know people have gotten angry at God before, but could you imagine getting this angry at God, that God chose somebody else? I mean, it's just absolutely mind-boggling. But he got so angry, he got angry that God chose someone who wasn't him, that Herod did the thing that makes me want to be sick every single time I read this passage. It makes me want to be sick because then he went and he sent his soldiers out to go find and to go kill children ages two and under because he didn't know how old the baby was at that point he didn't know if the baby had maybe reached two years old and and he didn't know for sure so he had the soldiers go out and kill all of the children ages two and under and this tomb right here is the tomb where those children were buried with parents who were unconsolable with grief that was too heavy to bear. And I want to bring up something. So the fun thing about Bible study is that I get some interaction uh, back and forth while we're leading the Bible study. And I want to tell you that Debbie Grine actually brought up a really interesting question, one that I think she may have been really onto. She brought up the question, she said, is that the gifts that the wise men brought to Jesus, could those gifts have been used to fund Jesus and Joseph and Mary's time to Egypt? Could those gifts have been used to fund the safe travels that they needed? Because they didn't just go to Egypt, but then they had to go to Egypt and they had to stay in Egypt for a few years? Could those expensive gifts and gold and frankincense and myrrh been used to fund that trip to Egypt? And the answer is probably. I mean, I've never heard such a profound question, and she asked it in Bible study the other day. And the reality is that those wise men weren't just wise enough to know what to bring, but they also brought gifts that could have funded the safe travels to bring Joseph and Mary and Jesus, Jesus to Egypt. But I'm telling you this whole story when you're like, come on, pastor, stop depressing us. There's enough depressing news in this world. We don't need more depressing things to hear. But I'm telling you the story because the reality is that we need to know the whole story of Epiphany. We can't only focus on the good news. We need to know the whole story the the exciting part of the bringing gifts but also the sad part as well and we need to know it all because it teaches us a bigger lesson and here's the bigger lesson that i want us to learn do you guys want to know the bigger lesson yeah we're all sleepy i get it just give me a little nod of the head do you guys want to know the lesson Here's the lesson. This is a lesson that you guys all know, but I'm telling you, I teach my kids this lesson all the time. 
This is the lesson we need to know. In life, there are good people. There are good, wise people who do good and wonderful things. There are so many good people in this world. But in this life, there's also people who choose evil. There's also people who choose the wrong options. There's people who choose to do bad things. There's people who who kill and harm and steal and destroy just because it's in their own interest. And the reality is that the world is full of both good and evil. And the story of Epiphany teaches us exactly that. It teaches us that there are wise people following God's guidance to do what is good, but it also teaches us that there are unwise people in the world who care about their own self-interest more than they care about others and we see all of that unfold in the story of epiphany there's no talking about the good news of epiphany without learning about the heartbreak of epiphany as well but when we put it all together we can learn from this we can learn that there are good people in this world choosing to do good things i mean after all of our hearts were broken on monday after we were all scared half to death wondering what had happened to damar hamlin and all of us were praying think about it the entire nation came together. I I want you to seriously understand how important this is. The entire nation, Patriots fans and Bills fans, (laughs) when in the world, you know, I'm the only person that I can think of that's come from kind of transition from being a Patriots fan to a Bills fan because I'm a hometown person, so I like everybody. Most people don't, aren't like that. But let's face it, how many times do Patriots fans and Bills fans agree on something? And it happens to be on the day that, that we're playing them. You know, that the Patriots fans and Bills fans very rarely ever agree on anything. And yet everybody rallied together to pray for DeMar Hamlin. Everybody rallied together to give to his charity. Everybody rallied together. People who don't agree politically, people who don't agree in whatever else there's a difference on, people who don't agree all rallied together in prayer and in financial support for for his charity. They all rallied together for the good because there are good people in this world. Think about since the blizzard, all of those good acts, people risking their lives, to help others and the continued good acts that are happening since the blizzard the continued good news that's coming out of that people rallying together to do good and to choose good because there are good people in this world but there's also evil whenever the news of damar hamlin's not on the tv i don't watch TV news very often, like rarely at all. But whenever I I turned it on just before Wheel of Fortune, because that's my show, you know, just before that, Jeopardy's too smart for me. I only like the Bible questions on that. But I do like Wheel of Fortune. And just before I turn that on, when I watch just a little bit of news, when it's not talking about Damar Hamlin this week, it's talking about that man who killed, the young man who killed those four college students. There's evil. There's no denying that there's evil in this world. There's no denying that there are people who make bad decisions out there and that there's evil in this world. But here's what I want us to take away from all of this. And this is a lesson that I teach my kids over and over and over again. There is good in this world, but there is also evil. I believe that the good is greater than the evil by far. And I believe that God wins in the end, but there is good. But we can never deny the fact that there is evil in this world. And every day we get to choose what kind of path we want to follow? Do we want to path to follow a path that's a, a path of goodness? Do we want to follow a path like we're the wise men set off to do what's good and what's right and what's holy? Do we want to follow a good path? 
boy, I'm like, yes. She's like, I'm, I don't need any other options. I'll take that one. <laughs> or do we want to veer off on a path that might lead us in bad ways? Because here's how evil works. Sometimes people think, oh, evil's just out there. Like, hey, choose me. I don't think that's how evil works. I think evil starts with like a little bit of selfishness until that selfishness starts to consume the person. I think evil starts with a little bit of greed. Oh, give me, give me. Until that little bit of greed overwhelms a person. I think that evil starts with a little bit of temptation. Until that temptation grabs hold of somebody and suddenly they don't have control anymore. I think evil starts with a little bit of anger. Until that anger starts to take control over a person. Every day, we get to make a choice. Are we going to choose a path that's good? Yes, I like those yeses. Or are we going to veer off another path that's a little bit more dangerous? And that other path that's more dangerous, it's not always obvious. You guys know this. You all know this. But our kids need to learn it too. That other path, it's not always so obvious. And that other path is a dangerous one. Every day, we don't realize it, but we get to choose. Like, are we going to follow the path of the wise men? Are we going to do what's good and what's holy? Or are we going to let that temptation and that evil that fed into Herod infect us as well? No. I love this. I love the confidence. We get to make that choice every single day. And here's the thing I want us to think about. We need to make that choice every single day. Every day. I'm going to tell you, the other day, I, sorry, I'm just going to go on for one second longer. The other day I, I woke up and I had something that was on my mind, something that had been on my mind so much that I had actually failed at sleeping the night before. You know those nights where it's like, and my mind would not let me sleep. I think my watch said I maybe had like three hours of broken sleep that night. So I woke up in the morning and I was feeling a little bit of that, that, you know, upset and anger over the thing that I'd been stewing over all night. I felt a little bit of that, you know, come into my mind. But then I, I t picked up my phone, and the first thing I do when I pick up my phone is I look at my Bible app, my daily Bible app, and there was a verse that spoke to me. Do not repay evil with evil. And I read that, and I was like, oh, God, I get it. <laughs> and I put down my phone, and I handled the thing I needed to handle in the best most wise way, without letting evil enter in in even the slightest way. Thank you. That was not easy to do. <laughs> I wanted to repay evil with evil, but God's like, hey there, pastor. <laughs> Don't do that. Every day we get to make a choice. Every single day. How can we follow a path of good? And let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we thank you and we praise you for leading us and guiding us, even sometimes when we're not sure we want to be led or guided. We thank you for leading us and guiding us. Always lead us all, Lord. Every single person who has gathered here, every single person who has gathered online, always, Lord, we are turning to you now and we're asking that you always lead us in a choice, in a path that's good, in a path that's holy. Always lead us in that wise path. Always lead us there. If we start to go astray, Lord, show us that scripture verse we need for that day. If we start to go astray, Lord, do something that just wakes us up. If we start to go astray so that, Lord, we can always choose that path of good. And we pray this in every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. 
who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue to worship God with our morning tithes and offerings. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And now let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done. let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains. When the mountains in reply, echo back their joyous strains. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Gloria. 
blessing of God. Go forth making good choices. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all.